0: And welcome to the podcast version of COS Live, a weekly program keeping you up to date on the Article 5 movement working to reclaim liberty in America. You can watch the original live broadcasts on Convention of States Rumble, YouTube, Facebook, and X. And now, here's COS Live.
1: Well, hello COS supporters, and welcome back to another edition of COS Live. My name is Andrew Lush. I'll be your host for this episode, and of course I'm joined By Rita Peters, who is my co-host, but she's also the senior vice president for legislative affairs. Rita, it is great to be back with you. Christmas is right around the corner. I know you're excited. My family's excited as well. Uh, How are you doing today? And how are you holding in that excitement for Christmas?
2: (laughs) Well, it's a lot to hold in, Andrew. Um, We've got our three college kids at home now, joining our three other kids and. So we've got a house full and there's a lot going on, but it's great. I love this time of year. It's definitely my favorite season.
1: Yes, absolutely. Very exciting season. And Rita, we have a jam-packed episode. We are bringing on some uh, volunteers to talk about the uh, Volunteer of of the Year and State Team of the Year. Rita, a lot of people might not know that when we do this show, after we end the broadcast, we go out and we're working with grassroots volunteers to help save the country. We're working with people who give their time, they give their talent and their treasure to restore this great republic. And they're out there, they're in the field, they're reaching people, teaching people and activating them. They're building relationships with legislators. They are equipping other patriots to be warriors for liberty. I mean, our grassroots volunteers, they do an incredible amount of work to restore this country. And and we get to uh, be alongside them. We get the honor of helping them and being a support system, but they are truly the the tip of the spear when it comes to restoring the country. So last Tuesday, Rita, we had a special awards ceremony for our grassroots uh, volunteers, and we honored we got by we honored our grassroots by recognizing the state team of the year and the volunteer of the year. So we're going to bring on the volunteer of the year and also a representative from the winner of the state team. It's time to get up to date with COS Now. We have the latest edition put together by Producer G. Please roll that, uh, the newest edition of COS Now.
0: Senior Advisor Rick Santorum, Greg Kelly of Newsmax, Praise Convention of States. Term limits in the Constitution. Everybody likes that idea. People like that idea. What about an amendment to
1: balance uh, the budget? I think that's good too. You know who hates these ideas? These guys, members of Congress. They don't wanna change a damn thing. But maybe we've been looking at this the wrong way so we can change the swamp yes. outside of the outside swamp. Outside the
0: swamp. This is great. It's great and it's- stuff. You, we well, you can go to conventionofstates.com. Meanwhile, Convention of States President Mark Meckler and Rick Green of Patriot Academy were interviewed by Carl Higby, who expressed his own support of the movement. Now, since launching a decade ago, the Convention of States has blossomed from this fantasy possibility that people laughed at. It now has millions of supporters across the nation and states are starting to wake up and sign on in droves.
3: I I think it's high, Carl. I think people, they they know that the founding fathers foresaw
1: that we would get to this point where the federal government just did not listen to the people back home and they would not change on their own. Any tyrant that's ever taken power from the people without permission, which is what's happened here over the last 80 years, federal government expanding its power without our permission, No tyrant gives back the power, right? We have to take it back. And the founders gave us the tool to do that. It's time to use it. And Mark, what's the site so people can find out more about this?
4: Yeah, people can go to conventionofstates.com and they can get involved there. And this is important, Carl. The three of us aren't gonna save the nation by ourselves. We need people to go to conventionofstates.com, sign the petition, click the take action tab,
0: and be part of saving the
1: nation. Yeah. You heard it right here, folks. You want to flip the bird to U.S. Congress?
0: And as Convention of States looks back on a year of grassroots successes, the organization announced its annual awards for citizen activists, the true heroes who are working every day to take back America. Convention of States Virginia earned top honors as State Team of the Year. The Virginia team helped eight pro-COS candidates get elected to the state legislature in this year's elections. They've now surpassed 75,000 petition signatures all time and made over 60,000 voter contacts in this cycle alone, including 35 500 doors knocked on meanwhile david winters is volunteer of the year as state director of illinois david often packs his car with luggage COS literature and signage and does not return home for days on end to spread the word gather article 5 petition signers recruit train and support new leaders of his state team due to his recruiting and training prowess the illinois team has the most active members of any team in the country. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. You're up to date with Convention of State.
1: Good stuff from Producer G. Thank you again for putting together an excellent montage of what's going on around the country. Rita, I want to get you I want to get your reaction on on what stuck out to you.
2: Well, first I'll talk about the interview uh, with Mark and Rick Green. And, you know, it, it seems to me that the principle they're talking about. should just be so obvious to everyone that a tyrant is never going to give up their power voluntarily. It's just not going to work that way. Congress is never going to impose term limits on itself that would be acting against its own self-interest. And the founding fathers knew that that's not what people do. When people get in power, they want to retain their power. And so they did in part by giving us Article 5 and the Article 5 Convention of States process. They made ambition to counteract ambition, letting the state legislators' ambition to keep power at the state level counteract the federal legislators' ambition to keep power at the federal level, right? So it just makes sense. And when I hear Rick Green and Mark Meckler talk about that, I think this is why our movement is growing so much is because the American people hear that and it resonates with them. They think, yeah, of course, that's right. Yes, we need to do this. And I'll say um, there's a former Virginia state delegate in, in my home state, and he was the primary sponsor of the Convention of States application here in Virginia for several years. And he used to say, There's no such thing as a self-butchering hog, right? (laughs) So (laughs) the states are going to have to use their power to rein in our out-of-control federal government. Andrew, tell me your reaction to um, the announcement of the State Team of the Year Award and the State Volunteer of the Year Awards.
1: Well, my reaction was they are both well-deserved. Virginia is just such a strong team. And I know the regional director for for that state is so proud of them, and uh, they certainly are one of the state teams that is that is just working every day. And they just—it doesn't matter what hurdles are before them, they are continuing to press on. And so I can't wait to talk to uh, the state director from from that team. He'll be on in a little bit. Uh, but David Winters, the the uh, volunteer of the year. I mean, you heard he, he packs his car with luggage, COS signs, and he travels uh, Illinois uh, connecting with grassroots supporters and volunteers from the ent- across the entire state. And, and that is just so cool. And it speaks to what I said in the open when I said our volunteers, they give their time, their talent and their treasure. It's not it's not cheap right now to traverse a state, especially when gas heises are where they're at right now. And it's not easy. It takes a lot of time to to get around and 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 train people and make connections and explain convention of states. So it's incredible that that this this person, David Winters, that he does that on the regular. He does that every day. And so I think it was well deserved uh, both Virginia and David Winters for being the State of the Year and the volunteer of the year. Of course, our 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 volunteers out there, several of them, most of them are just like David. They, they're given their time, talent and treasure every single day because they care about the country. They want to restore America and they'll do anything it takes to 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 see it happen. I think that it, it's just incredible that we get to talk to some to some amazing patriots today about that. Uh, with that, Rita, we do have uh, John Damon, who is the state director for Convention of States, Virginia. So we're going to welcome him onto the program and talk to him about receiving state team of the year. Uh, Rita, we have John Damon, who is the State Director for Convention of States Action in Virginia. Welcome to the program, John.
4: Um, Thank you, and thank you for having me on.
2: John, your team not only surpassed the 75,000 petition milestone this year, but you got very involved in this year's election cycle. Over 60,000 voter contacts were registered, including phone calls Text messages, not to mention 3,500 plus doors knocked on by members of the outstanding Virginia team. That is some real grassroots muscle. What is your reaction to being named the state team of the year? What does it mean to your team and how did they react to the big news?
4: You now, first, we, we we were all surprised um, by it. And, but, um, I guess our reaction to it is that uh, um, we're proud, the Virginia team's proud. we we got a good a grassroots group in Virginia. Um, we've been growing. Um, a lot of active leaders that have been um, with us for a while now, which, uh, you know, we've become a family. So um, so we're celebrating this as a family in Virginia. It's a team effort and um, just proud to work with, with the whole Virginia team right now.
1: John, Virginia is a, a tough nut to crack. It's, it's not an easy state. Uh, there's been some changes uh, politically. Uh, there's been some changes politically recently. Uh, and, and it's just it's not going to be an easy state because there's a lot of obstacles that are before you that you have to surmount. It's going to be a tough hill to climb to get the resolution passed in Virginia. And maybe that's you know part of the reason why you caught so much attention with the national team You've done all of these things despite all of the challenges that are that are present in Virginia, and you've continued to press on. You've persevered, uh, you and the entire team, and it's it's been uh, really amazing to see how Virginia has grown. So, can you speak a little bit to like your team's persistence and perhaps if there's an inspiring story that you can share with us about you know how the team has stayed on target despite being in a very difficult state.
4: Um, so you you do have a lot of veterans uh, in our group in Virginia because we are a veteran rich state. So you you have a lot of people who have raised their hand to that oath and have made a commitment to their country and to the Constitution. And um, just like me, I didn't think it was just for the time that I was in the military. I felt it was a life commitment. I think everybody's looking at it in that um perspective in virginia that they look at it as a life commitment we didn't get into this and we didn't think that we're doing something that was just going to be for our life it's going to be for our kids it's going to be for our grandchildren so um you know short term uh yeah it would be nice that if virginia would get on board um they were one of the original 13 weren't they um but in the long term I think um, everybody in the state knows that this is for life. It's not something that we just decided to do for the spur of the moment. It is a life commitment. Um, So I think that's pretty uh, um, explains how Virginia looks at it. We're not giving up. And even with the way the elections happened, we think that we did better. It was, you know, based on the um, if you read the news about after the Supreme Court, Virginia did the uh, redistricting in virginia everybody was saying it leans it democrat it leans democrat so um we knew that it was going to be an uphill battle at that point but we still think that it could have been worse we think we we actually did good we're not we're not giving up you got to always look at the positives you always got to um look to the lord to, to guide you and and um we'll, we'll give the glory to him and we'll We'll take the uh, the blessings in, in the meantime. Can you talk a little bit
1: about some of the initiatives that the Virginia team embarked on, and can you maybe explain uh, how some of those initiatives took Virginia to the next level?
4: Well, I'm I'm hoping that we were the testing grounds for national, and Virginia looks forward to being the the people that help you guys next year because we won't be looking at. Elections as much. Uh, we do have a governor election, I think, in 2024. But outside of that, everything's going to be uh, elsewhere, and we know that. And again, we couldn't have done this without national. Um, it wasn't just a state effort. This was a national effort, and we appreciate the states that helped us. But um, what I guess makes us unique is our activity. Um, we, we're trying to stay active. We're always trying to find ways that we can involve COS um, in 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 the. Uh, the political community. It's important that we be out there, that we have somebody always, so always telling that representative, that delegate, um, that I'm with COS and I'm I'm here, I'm watching, you know, so, um, and we, we see that, we see that in Virginia and, and we're, we're proud of it. I have people reporting back to me all the time that, that different legislators that they're talking to and, and reaching out to and, that's what you need to do. Um, don't have to be their best friends, but you do need to be in their ear and you need to listen to what they're saying, um, if it's going to happen. And I think that's it. Activity in Virginia, um, is high. We're, we're doing state fairs. We're doing breakfasts. Um, we're doing, uh, gun shows. We're, we're doing a uh, railroad show. If you saw that in the, in the, um, media lately with COS, uh, I think we had a couple hundred that signed a petition in a a railroad show. You never know where you're going to find these people. So the idea is to stay active. Don't give up. There's hope.
2: Absolutely. And the Virginia team does a great job of modeling that for other states. I'm so proud of you as a Virginia girl myself. Now, we're going to have to let you go in just a minute because we do have to talk to this year's volunteer of the year. But, John, why don't you just briefly give us a preview of 2024, what's next for the Virginia team, and then let our Virginia viewers who want to know how to support your efforts, let them know how they can do that.
4: So this year, we're, we're going to work on something that if you watch Convention of States uh, um, activity in the legislators throughout the country, you always hear how are we going to control this? Who's going to have control of this? And it always bothers me because the only people that have control of it are the ones that are saying that, and that scares me. So maybe by what we're doing in Virginia, which we're going to do this year, which is the faithful delegate bill and resolution, we're going to bring that to the forefront. We're not going to say to our legislators that, oh, um, you know, there's that you hear, there's always a possibility of a runaway convention. Even with this, that doesn't control that. What it does control is your state legislator. It allows our state legislator to say that if that does happen, we won't be a part of that. And you have control of that, even though we already know that. But we're going to go ahead and let them um, put a penalty on it with the bill, which is uh, has to go through the governor. And we've had that already submitted in, in our um, Senate and um, working on it in our house. So we will have it on both sides. We're One Democrat on each house, the lower and the upper, all we have to do is persuade one of them, you know, so um, there's hope and we're going to try to push that through and and make them feel more comfortable about convention of states, take that off the table so that when you see us on national and they're doing our um, convention of states resolution at the Capitol, you you won't hear them say, who's going to control this in Virginia if we get this passed, so they will know, and there will be penalties for it.
2: Hmm. Excellent strategy, John.
1: Well, John, we are, we've are we run out of time. Thank you so much for joining us, and congratulations to you and to your entire team. And we really are looking forward to what happens in 2024, and it's just exciting right now to be a part of Convention of States, and uh, we're just glad that we have patriots like you on the ground who are out there who are doing the work to save the country. So thank you.
4: Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Rita.
2: Thanks so much.
1: With that, I believe we have David Winters, who's the state director for Convention of States, Illinois. David, welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Good to be here.
2: David, you received top honors this year during our national annual awards ceremony, you were recognized for tirelessly recruiting and training and building your team into a real powerhouse. What is your reaction to being named the Volunteer of the Year and what does it mean to you?
3: Well, I got to say I'm at least uh, less emotional than I was uh, when it was announced and my two regional captains and my wife knew about the award before (laughs) I did. So (laughs) Uh, I it's it's humbling it, it is somewhat of a team award um, Illinois is a big state and I've had time to reflect on this a little bit and I think the most important thing is just to keep your eye on the ball and don't get too pulled into the noise the political noise and just know that the Patriots are there you just have to find them uh, I would have to Talk about a little bit Southern Illinois, which uh, is right here, south of St. Louis, another three hours. We didn't have a team there for the last three years. And in the last year, we've had 12 district captains and a regional captain come out of that area. And uh, I just knew that they were there and it was just a one-off type thing of traveling down there and interviewing maybe two or three candidates who had done their training and bringing them aboard. I must say that our philosophy has always been to take somebody at their word and bring them aboard as a district captain. I know there's a a contrarian thought there where a lot of teams wanna have somebody uh, get all their training done and prove that they can be a district captain. And I have found that normally uh, by just taking people at their word and they uh, pass vetting, uh, meet somebody face-to-face once their initial training is done is a good way to maximize and find out who your uh, effective district captains are. And out of your district captains obviously come a regional captain, because there's no way I can um, encourage 70 people individually and come alongside them. So, uh, but I was very humbled by the whole award. It's a labor of love. Lady Liberty is worth saving. Mm-hmm. And I find that uh, everybody counted out Illinois. I'm a native Illinois, and I've probably been here 53 in my 62 years. I've lived all over the country. And my wife and I came back here about uh, 34 years ago, basically, to raise a family and put down roots. And now our six kids are putting down roots. So, you know, it's a personal <clears throat> it's personal for me that my state be in play. So coming back to your question, Rita, I think uh, I was surprised because it's a high calling when you get something like that, given the caliber of the people that are under consideration. So, again, I'm humbled. I do owe a a lot to Marty Benner, our SIA and our regional captains, uh, because it, it really is a team award. I might be the face of the franchise at the moment. Um, you could probably do better, you know. Somebody with more hair, somebody a little bit less weight, but you know, um, as our pastor says,
1: we're hip, we're H.I.P. Happily Imperfect People. So here we are.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, well, David, uh, the Illinois team is frequently regarded as one of the the best teams in America. Certainly, one of the largest teams. I believe you have the most district captains uh, in your state, um, and. We want to know what's what's your secret what what are you doing to to keep everyone active and to grow such a large team
3: right that's a great question i think the main thing that we started focusing on in 2020 with 118 house districts and two house reps per state senatorial district so there's 59 state senators 118 house reps so there's 177 legislators that were after Back in 2020, March of 2020, COVID hit, and we had only 10 district captains in the whole state. And basically, we decided if we're ever gonna put Illinois in play, we need to ask the volunteers. We had hundreds of volunteers, but only 10 district captains. So we sent out an email and we said, basically, if we're ever gonna put our home state into play, we need district captains. A lot of you have been volunteers for four, five, six years. You like what you see, you uh, are comfortable with the people you work alongside, but we need district captains. The district captains you know, basically do four things. Number one, they do follow-ups on people who sign the petition. Number two, they keep their antenna up for um, events in their area that we can get signatures and make an impact. Number three, they do their training. And number four, they go meet, not alone, but they go meet with their legislators. And 83 people responded to our we need district captains email. And out of those 83, uh, we went from 10 to 72, I think, district captains in a period of three years. And I would have to say the secret is we never meet with somebody for coffee or we try not to until they do their initial four courses, especially COS 100 and 200. If they're good for their word and they do their training, we'll meet with them for coffee and go over the 14 different positions. If they're not good for their word, it's not a judgmental thing. It's just the fact that they're either too busy or they got too many irons in the fire and they're not a good fit for us right now. So we gently remove them and say, listen, Uh, I'm sure that you're busy and your intent is, is good. Why don't you keep us in mind when your schedule opens up and we'd love to have you as a volunteer. Now, as soon as they do their training, we will onboard them. And a lot of times we'll tell them what's going on. It's not unusual for a new volunteer to become a district captain within three months. And the other thing, Andrew, I think is the fact that we went from 32, public events last year including five parades to 68 events this year with the same five or six parades so we basically doubled our exposure to the public all over the state and you know we tackled last year two monster events two state fairs we still have one more state fair that we haven't tackled but we've been working our way up to it so We have three traveling displays for the whole state. And it's not unusual from July to early October, which is our extreme busy season, to have all three public displays in use on the same weekend. And of course, you know, you might have a $200 Sam's tent. You have to find out ahead of time, is it asphalt or grass? Are you indoors or outdoors? What's the venue? And as soon as I have a district captain, that's the anchor district captain of the event, and they want to do it, the next question is, do we have the personnel to do it? For a state fair, it takes, you know, an 11-day event takes 70 people. So I only rejected one or two requests last year that I thought I was asking the Anchor DC to stretch themselves too much. And, you know, an idea of an event, let's just say it's Saturday and Sunday, it's not a successful event if you have three people working the entire event that's not success i think you're going to burn your people out if you do that so very few uh, events last year did i cancel or not put in a request for funding however as soon as we start to see the buzz around the event and we see the volunteers and the people the regional captains the dcs that we have some people that can staff it especially a big state fair then we'll go ahead and do that i just pinged marty benner our sia and i said you know do we want to do this again here's the illinois state fair our biggest event 1907 signatures last year 1900 of two of those on electronic signature capture do we want to do this again because she was the anchor department head even though she's not a dc dc she is the anchor person and she said yesterday uh, via slack yeah let's go ahead and do it so Uh, at the end of the day, I think you have to ask yourself, if you're going to ask people to volunteer, would you personally like to be in their shoes and and staff or run that event? And very few times the answer comes back no. And uh, most of the time the answer comes back yes. And then the other thing, I think as a leader, as a state director or RC, you have to be a player coach. And so If that means you're going to take the Sunday shift, 7 a.m. to a 10, you're going to do it. If that's the ugliest shift to pull off the event as a servant leader, you got to be willing to, you know, get up at 530 and get out there and get the thing going, even though there's nobody there. You know, the people start coming in big time at nine or 10, but you got to be there. And so Mm. the question is, how bad do you want it? So that's a very wordy answer, Andrew, to a great question. I think. Again, at the end of the day, we didn't realize how important a regional captain is to run in a big organization. And we're only halfway there. We're still pouring concrete. You know, we need about 120 district captains. We're at about 70 Mm -hmm. right now. So I I hope that answers your question.
2: I love your focus on servant leadership, David. I can see how you exemplify that. You know, I think um, some people might tend to write off Illinois when it comes to Convention of States because people often equate success in Convention of States as being legislative. But I have a feeling that you don't and your team doesn't define success that way. So what gives you your confidence and how do you inspire the troops in what some probably think of as one of the tougher states to get this done.
3: Right. And, you know, I have to say, you know, I, on these long drives, I know how many miles I've driven in the last three years, because it's tax deductible. And I have to report that to my accountant, but, you know, I have to tell you a backdrop here, you know, let's put things in perspective, right? If if God built the universe in six days and rested on the seventh, he can pass Some inky dinky legislation or resolution. Okay. So that we're, you know, let's just put things in perspective here. Because we tend to build things that look difficult. We build them up as big mountains and monsters in our mind. But at the end of the day, um, it's really a straightforward thing. I'll share this with you. Last year or two years ago, when I was counting votes, 118 House reps take 60 votes to pass legislation or a resolution in our House in Springfield, Illinois. 59 state senators takes 30 votes in the Senate. When I was counting house votes two years ago, we only needed 17 more votes to pass. So, you know, it's not that difficult. No. So now we come down to the grassroots, the granular level. And I tell Democrats, cause we have a full court press going on, uh, 26 moderate Democrats right now, because we find out they're moderates because they actually talk to Republicans here at the state level, as opposed to DC, we're still on a talking basis. Uh, Even though there's a super majority of Dems in both houses here. Let's, you know, when I'm in front of a Democratic legislator and I say, let's talk about our three pronged resolution that's in all 50 state capitals, right? Fiscal restraint, controlling unfunded mandates or scope and jurisdiction, and term limits. Okay, the Dems have been told we're in power, forget term limits. But I like to start it off like this because we're doing a bunch of legislator meetings right now. I like to say, Fiscal restraint, I'm assuming, Mr. or Miss Legislator, you're the head of a household. So am I. And I've been a head of a household for a long time. So I know what I just paid for daughter number, th- uh, third daughter's wedding here. So I understand what it is to pay for private schooling and, and pay for weddings and fun and run a household of eight. So I say, listen, I assume that you're the head of a household. You know and I know we can't spend our way to success. So i believe in paying taxes i believe in paying our soldiers gassing up the aircraft carriers uh paying the people that serve uh whether you like them or not i you know you got to pay them and I, I believe in good governance so there's no way we can spend our way to success well right now you know i've been tracking the federal debt since 1989 when it was almost five trillion when i first sat down with my first legislator a hardcore democrat here in chicagoland our national debt was at 20 trillion. Now it's at 34 and that's in just four years. I mean, three or four years, but okay. So plank number one, fiscal restraint. How, how can you argue, um, you know, the balanced budget amendment in Congress in 1979 failed to pass by one vote. Where would we be today if that would have passed or if we would have given the president light on a veto, but that's all beside the point in a legislator meeting I just keep it at a high level and I say, number one, let's face it, we can't spend more than we take in. That's common sense. You do that in your own household. Number two, controlling scope and jurisdiction. As a legislator, I'm sure you don't appreciate when D.C. passes off all these costs on you unfunded. We just spent $600 million in Chicagoland just to house migrants that have shown up here in our city when we have no room for them. Well, we're a compassionate country that comes from our Judeo-Christian roots that we're going to take care of somebody. We're going to get them a coat. We're going to clothe them. We're going to feed them. We're going to house them. You know, we're going to take care of them. We're not going to leave them out and have them die of exposure. This is we're Americans. That's part of our DNA. We're the most giving people in the world. So, you know, number two, how do you feel, Mr. Miss Legislator, when all of a sudden D.C. passes off these unfunded mandates? on a budget that's already under strain with deficits. Well, I don't like that either. So we're in agreement on two of the three points. And number three, the term limit thing, sometimes they'll get it, sometimes they won't, but I tell them worst case scenario, look, on term limits, let's get both stars of the political aisle in Springfield up to the next level. The 17 congressional seats here in Illinois, you gotta wait 30, 40 years for these people to die Retire or get fired. I say, listen. I want to get the stars from both sides of political aisle up to the big leagues. I'd like you to run for Congress. What do you think about that? Okay. Well, how about your friend that across the aisle, uh, or your 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 that you caucus with, your superstar of the Democratic Party? Why don't you get them up to the next level? All of a sudden, when you point out what's in it for me, you know, uh, you could call it nicely personal ambition. You could call it not so nicely greed, but I'd like to get them to throw their hat in, in the arena. So on term limits, I tell them, you know, why wouldn't we want our best stars from the local and statewide level to represent us in D.C.? So let's just say at the end of the meeting, I say, look, hypothetically, out of these three prong resolution, let's just say you support two of them. Again, I'm talking to Democrat. And let's just say seven of the nine amendments that come out of a convention of states to propose and discuss amendments, let's just say that you support them and you don't like Amendment 8 and 9 on term limits. Why in the world would you throw the baby out with the bathwater when you can vote yes? Whoops, there we go. When you can vote yes on seven and no on two instead of just rejecting the whole concept outright? And, you know, I. I tell our team, when you meet with a Democrat, don't expect them to support this on the first visit. You're planting a seed, but there's great value in getting them to move from untouched to uncommitted. I learned a long time ago that people, that, especially Dems, that move from untouched to uncommitted tend to vote present instead of no when the resolution comes up, or at least they can at least agree. And Rick Santorum in Philadelphia, when we polled our region together, Mike Arnold's region together, said something in his 10-minute answer to our strategy, and that is what we're after net-net in a blue state like Illinois is to build a secret society of Dems that we can have Mark Meckler or Rick Santorum or Michael Ferris or Mark Levin talk to him on a Zoom or a meeting maybe twice a year in a chamber room and just say, hey, you know, I'd like to give you guys an update on where we're at nationally on Convention of States. And that way you have them caucusing or huddling to get an update twice a year. And then, as you know, Rita and Andrew, duty is ours. The results are up to God. I can't tell you what event supernatural or natural is going to happen. But if you planted the seeds when they have an opportunity to save this country and say, you know what? No, the federal government needs to remind them that they're the child. We're the parent. We're the ones that birthed them. The Constitution says anything that is not given to them in the Constitution, we retain as states. And it's our right. And, you know, right now the teenager has daddy's credit card and Corvette and he's making a mess. So
0: uh, that's kind of a,
3: a quick uh, synopsis. And I found that Democrats are Americans, too, and they put their pants and close on just like we do every day and they have the same concerns and you know i go and meet with the hardest left along with our team the most marxist people that you can imagine i watch my tongue it's only 20 or 30 minutes and at the end of the day i look for commonality i'm not going to embarrass them i'm not going to call them out because someday i'm going to need that vote and i think we agree on more than we disagree so Well, uh, Dave,
1: before we let you go, um, we just have a few more minutes before we we end this episode. Can you tell us what to expect in 2024 and what the team uh, what the team is going to do in the, in the next legislative session?
3: Right. So we're going to have a planning meeting with all our department heads here on January 17th. We're going to go through all 68 events and talk about the ones we're going to renew, the ones we're going to go after. But I think you're going to Uh, see our team in Illinois focus on doubling again, and I think you're going to see us focusing on building a friendship, a relationship, something in addition to Convention of States. Um, You know, Rick Santorum said it really well to us. You need to learn how to date your legislator. When you took your spouse out on the first date, you didn't ask them to marry you on that date, but you did bring something to the relationship of value. Both of you did. And so we're looking to bring uh, something of value to the relationships. Just, you know, when COVID was going on, I called my first legislator, a hardcore Democrat, and I said, Diane, what do you need right now? Do you need meals run to seniors? Where are you at? What's your office? What's going on? See, if you build that friendship and you're just not a one-note Johnny, they're going to respect you. You know, I showed up at a lot of Toys for Tots with presents when they were running a a December um, uh, event, you know, a, a, a holiday event for kids. But I think you're going to see us double in the next one to two years, Andrew. And I think we're going to keep uh, building these relationships with Dems, with Republicans, whatever. And we're 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 in it to win it. This is a long-term thing. We're not going to focus on year by year. We're just going to stay steady and know the truth wins out in the long run and you can do that diplomatically if you don't lose your cool when you're in front of a legislator wow
1: well thank you so much david for joining us today and thank you for uh being such a dedicated patriot in the fight for liberty and and again congratulations on being volunteer of the year we appreciate it thank you
3: i'm just glad to be a member of this team thank you so much
1: it's time for the cos live mailbag These are messages and questions from viewers like you. If you want to be featured, drop us a comment on YouTube, Facebook, or Rumble.
2: So first up today, Andrew, we have Mary Ellen Probanski in New York, and she says, Our resolution in New York is still sitting in committee. We're working on it. Well, go Mary Ellen. I applaud you. I know you have a very hardworking team and you've got a tough political climate there in New York, but hey, that just means you have more work to do and I appreciate your willingness to engage. So go New York team. Next, we have Charlie Crono. Charlie says every state still needs district captains and other volunteers. Every person makes a difference. Charlie, you hit the nail on the head with that one, and that's what we're looking for today. We're always looking for more volunteers. So please, if you're watching, go to conventionofstates.com, sign that petition, and then click on the Take Action tab to get started with your team. And last comment for today, we have Rochelle Caffey, 1417. She says, thank you, guys. Excellent program as always. Yes, never cave. God bless. (laughs) Thank you, Rochelle. That is so encouraging. We always love to hear from our viewers.
1: Well, Rita, it's time for us to go ahead and sign off. I want to remind our viewers not to miss an episode of Crossroads with Rita and That debuts uh, Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, uh, uh, Mark Meckler and Rita, they, they discuss hot button issues that intersect, intersect with faith and culture. Uh, make sure to check out the Battle Cry with COS President Mark Meckler Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, to give to our end of year fund and to equip citizen activists in 2024, text GIVE COS to 888 444 8774. And that's GIVE COS to 888 444 8774. Well, Rita, we have a country to save, so it's time for us to get, to get back to work. Thanks for joining everyone.
0: Thank you for listening to today's program. For information, please visit www.conventionofstates.com forward slash pod. That's www.conventionofstates.com forward slash pod.